Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is Thursday, November 11th, 2021, and this is episode 47. Holy crap. I'm your co-host, Pete, and with me as always is my good friend, Howell. Hey, pal. Are we going to make it to 50? I feel like at this pace, it'll be like 2024 20, before we get to 50. What's that supposed to mean? I just, you know, we've, we've slowed down a little bit. I don't know if uh, well, life is just happening too fast for our old bones or, or, or what. Why? Donald J. Trump is not in the White House anymore. That's true, but I feel like there's a lot of shit happening. Yeah. It's just not true. as... Well, but we're here now, man. Just to, just be happy about that. We are. We're here now together. I, I hope the audio sounds good. Um, but I am uh, sipping on a nice little... Uh, 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 cab Sav and uh, no, excuse me. What am I talking about? Sauvignon Blanc and uh, happy to be here, Pete. Oh, well, I'm glad you're here too. You're drinking that Sauvignon Blanc out of a fucking lowball glass. Good for you. And it came from a box too, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was it was a high quality drink. I just said it was, I was drinking it. Um, yeah, it's, but it tastes good on a Thursday. Uh, happy Happy Veterans Day to you. Um, Happy Veterans Day! Thank you to all those who've served, except the ones who ride. Or except the ones who rioted on the Capitol. Um, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> uh, which there definitely were, um, but yes, probably uh, no. There definitely were. I mean, it's it's factual that some of the people charged <laughs> were were former service members. Um, yes, but uh, yeah. Happy Veterans Day. Um, I don't really have much to say about Veterans Day. Uh, you know, Mm-mm. we talk about service here a lot. So I think, and we talk about, we talked about Afghanistan quite a bit previously. Um, obviously, yep. uh, we appreciate the work and putting people's lives and livelihood on the line for America. Mm-hmm. Something I probably wouldn't do at this point in my life because, um, well, you know, I don't know. But so, yes, the military wouldn't have you anyway. That's true. I'm too old and feeble. <laughs> um, but did you do anything fun for Veterans Day? Did you work? I worked. Oh, okay. Yeah, I worked. The nice thing My about kids have... the bank is you get the, the federal holidays off. So I was yeah. off today. I mean, I mean, the kids are off tomorrow, which I assume your kids are too for COVID. Oh. Your mom's calling? Crap. Let me, yeah, let me pause it. Hold on. A few moments later. And we're back. Sorry. <laughs> We had some technical difficulties, and we needed to fix uh, a few things. Your, your mom has some technical difficulties, <laughs> and that's not—that's not—that's not a your mama joke. That's yeah, that's literally my, the fact. My mother is uh, is actually having some issues uh, down in Atlanta. She um, may or may or may not have had her identity stolen, so we're trying to find out by the Russian mob. Um, yeah, and I apologize. Got some uh, children staying up too late behind me. So if there's some some comments from the peanut gallery we know we i apologize and but, no school uh, for them tomorrow correct correct it's vaccine awareness day yeah have your kids uh, gotten vaccined vaccinated yet there's they're gonna go on saturday that's when teddy's going that's where my son's going um yeah um yeah so should be good we can travel freely once that happens sweet um, yeah well do you want to dive in to yeah. Since we when was the last time we chatted? Two weeks ago. Two was it, was it only two weeks ago? Feels no, like it was it's more than that. 
October nineteenth yeah, was the last time we did this. So yeah, well, I think twenty days ago. Last time we chatted, the Braves had not made the World Series yet. Had they? not yet? That is correct. Yes, Go but you were you were Braves. into you were into the Bra- watching the Braves very much, um, very very much. So I don't remember if they had already beaten the who they play in the first round. Uh, well, at the time it was the National League Championship Series, so that was the Dodgers. Um, okay. So okay. they had not beaten the Dodgers yet. They were they had not punched their ticket to the World Series yet. I don't think. Okay. Um, don't well, think. fittingly, Dansby Swanson got the last out. So um, he did. Yes. Yeah. And he hit a hit a big home run in that game. So you can cut your shit with all the Dansby hate. <laughs> I've never hated Dansby. You texted me like your boy needs to get a hit. Oh, I know. Well. Um, there was a couple players there, in the, especially in the World Series. They were they were hot in the National League Championship Series, and got cold. Like Jock Peterson, I mean Austin Riley wasn't hitting great. I mean he was getting hits, he just wasn't hitting great. Neither was Adam Duvall. Like kind of the kind of the heart of the order, and Dansby's in there too. It was basically Jorge Soler. That it was, was it. basically Jorge Soler, and even Eddie Rosario, who like he he went like he batted like four fifty in the National League Championship Series, and not four fifty in the World in the world series, but he, I mean, he's still got some hits and I think he got a double, a bunch of singles. I don't know if he had went yard at all, but, um, well, congratulations. Uh, but but that go Braves. Very exciting. I was, I stayed up until like two thirty in the morning that Tuesday when they, when they won just watching post game. Um, I couldn't believe it. I was, it's, I just, it's pretty fun when your team wins. I haven't had, it. had it happen much. So enjoy it. Um, I watched the, you know how, when, the game ends they show the celebrations of like all the players when they get the last out yep uh and so it, like first it shows like dansby swanson throw it and then he throws his arms up in the air and then mm-hmm. you see it go to freddie freeman and mm-hmm. he catches it and puts the ball in his pocket and runs yeah. out and then like max freed was like yeah i ran off the bench i love the i love that stuff yeah That's i awesome. did too it was great um, it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch and then it was i it was funny because when they were doing the presentation of the, of the trophy um, I was like, where is Alex Anthopoulos, who's our GM? I was like, what the heck? He's not there. And then found out the next day that he was at home because he had COVID. <laughs> so he was watching from his house. Um, oh, man. There was an article in The Athletic uh, yesterday, I think, or maybe it was today. Um, basically, they interviewed him like, what was it like watching your team win the World Series from home? <laughs> it's <laughs> Instead like, it of sucks. actually being there. Um, and he was like, I tried to go for a long drive, but my kids wouldn't let me. And they made me sit and watch, and I couldn't watch the TV because I was so nervous. And it was it was fun to it was fun to kind of check that out. Sa- sounds like a Greek. That's true. He is a Greek. Yeah. Greeks. What's his background? Do you know him? Do you, uh, he, Greek? He does go to he does go to the church that I grew up in in Atlanta. So my mom actually has seen him at church. Okay. Um, he's from Canada originally. He's Canadian. Yeah. Um, I think he's from Toronto. Trainer. Maybe. Somewhere from, I think he's from Ontario, um, but yeah, he's okay. Cool. So, well, that was the first thing in our news update that was. Um, I just wanted to congratulate you and Thanks. do the tomahawk chalk. Oh, yeah. apparently that's racist. Well, everything is, and we'll get into that. <laughs> um, yeah, another big news: the uh, infrastructure bill has passed. I called it. I called it on the last one. I said there was positive momentum, mm-hmm. and. Um, it passed. And what do you think? Uh, finally needed to get uh, a win. Even like I, I'd been seeing all these reports that even like um, Mitch McConnell's like, this is going to be great for Kentucky. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're all going to, cl- I mean, the, I think really what pisses progressives off the most is that everybody can claim victory on this thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause that's the way it, honestly infrastructure bills and even appropriations bills back in the day when they still did, you know, earmarks, um, everybody could claim that shit, um, right. As, as a victory for them, their state or their district, depending on, you know, if they're a house or Senate member, but, um, it's a yeah. good thing. It's a good thing that they did it. it I mean, they need, there needed to be some kind of bipartisan win. I don't think this is a big win for Biden in any way. And maybe that kind of upsets Democrats a little bit more than it does anybody else. But it could have been a win for him if he had delivered this when he should have over the summer. But, you know, whatever. Well, it's certainly not seen as a win by a majority of the Republican caucus, um, as evidenced by the hate they have been issuing on the 13 uh, Republicans who voted for it. Who voted for House. it, yeah, I know. But I guarantee when those people go back home to their districts, they're gonna they're gonna claim some of they're gonna claim some of this stuff without they'll lament, but they'll be like, Oh, but isn't this great that we're gonna have jobs that we that we serve no part in and made our thirteen Republican colleagues feel like right. feel like they were tra- called them literally China first, America <laughs> second traitors. Um It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it it is ridiculous. Everybody's I mean, caught up in their own bullshit. It's and I, you didn't hear any of that when um, the Senate passed it, uh, you know, six weeks ago or whenever they passed it. Sixty sixty senators or passed it, so I it was probably what ten Republicans. Yeah, did yeah. Um, you didn't hear anyone basically calling them communists because they voted for it. It's like, you can't, I don't listen, I don't listen to the house guys anymore. They're just, they're all crazy. I mean, this whole thing with, with Congressman Paul Gosar. And oh yeah. The, I wanted to ask about that. And the animated, I haven't seen yes. it. I, I won't, I, I, that was going to be my it. crazy of the week actually. What? Oh, well, no, I'm, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry to no. scoop you, but let's, um, let's go ahead and talk about it. But it's like that kind of stuff. It's like, come on. And I've met Paul Gosar a couple times when I was, when I lobbied the Hill and, He's not impressive in any way, shape, or form. So he seems surprised. like he might be mentally challenged. <laughs> Is he the one where his his like siblings and cousins yes. sent a letter to the Say Arizona he's unwell. saying he's unwell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that original letter when he was running, and this was like in 2016, maybe? And people uh-huh. and all the jokes were like, wow, Thanksgiving is going to be really interesting at that house. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he gave, when he was the first one, I think to stand up and um, contest the election in the house. Right. And when he gave that speech, it was like, he just looked and sounded off. Yeah. And I think he's obviously continued to uphold that um, appearance by this most recent crazy of the week, which was for those who may not know, he, he basically took this Japanese anime cartoon and put his face on the the hero of the cartoon and showed him killing uh, AOC and then like punching or hitting Biden. Um, And I'm just like, to what end does, does that, what does that get anyone other than owning the libs, I guess. Yeah. Which is the name of the game for him. I actually have a different uh, crazy of the week, even though it happened a couple weeks ago. 
Oh, then, well, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, so you'll it be, counts. So I don't know if you'll be interested in this one. My, my other crazy of the week is um, the Lincoln Project, uh, basically getting oh. people to dress up as Proud Boys <laughs> to go to a Glenn Youngkin event uh, during the Virginia governor's race and then being called out by Vox of all people, or no, Vice News uh, discovered yeah. it, and then they've been in damage control ever since. Yeah, um, It only put the nail in the coffin, as far as I'm concerned, that Lincoln Project is a bunch of, you know, dipshits and grifters and i'm just like and they've admitted to it i mean at least they admitted to it but i saw that steve schmidt was on he i don't know what he went on he went on somewhere and he talked about how it was recklessly stupid and dishonest like yeah no shit wait isn't he a part of the lincoln project he is like that's what i mean at least like so that was his mea culpa or something it's and it was it was i love internet sleuthing because as soon as those like four or five people holding tiki torches next to a youngkin bus wearing hats and sunglasses, people started analyzing the pictures and like, oh, this looks like the communications director for the Virginia Democrats. Oh, this is the finance director for the Virginia Democrats. And Vice News was like, yep, that's exactly who they are. And they've admitted to it. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. So like, that was, I don't know if that's a crazy of the week or just stupid of the week. I'll, I'll go with stupid you, of the week. Yeah, I think that was like being too cute by a half as opposed to just being crazy. Um, but I think that's pretty dumb too. Like, uh, you know, and that actually we'll get into it when we talk about the elections last week, but I think one of the mistakes that, that the Democrats ran on in Virginia was making it about Trump as opposed to about the issues and the Lincoln project suppose, you know, is supposed to be these astute. Um, tuned in <clears throat> polls and they clearly read that one wrong. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was pretty dumb. Um, but real quickly back to um, infrastructure. Yep. I, yeah, I think it's, I, it's, it's, what is it? Was it, it's 500, 500 billion of new spending. It's, yeah, but I think after the accounting, it's more than that. It's not quite a trillion. I think it's like somewhere between five hundred billion and a trillion in new spending. Okay, it's a trillion dollar package overall, is what I right. Recall. That's yeah, exactly. But there you go. Five hundred billion in new spending. Five hundred billion in new spending. Some right. of it was going to be repurposed from um, COVID relief, uh, but I mean, you know, I don't know why money for roads and broadband and. Um, you know, water treatment would ever be seen as, as, you know, a bad thing. Um, but that's kind of the state of where we are yeah. in our politics these days. But good thing is it's finally infrastructure week. I'm sure you've heard that joke uh, <laughs> during all of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, making fun of the, the Trump administrations. Uh, they probably had at least three or four times they tried to claim it was infrastructure week during his administration yeah uh, but well it's sort of like it's sort of like when trump was saying oh we're gonna have a health care bill next week and then like <laughs> like four or five weeks have passed it's coming it's coming bill. very soon he it's even coming. said it like a month before you know biden's inauguration oh the health care bill's coming and <laughs> i mean that i'm I, i'm i'm making fun but it's it's actually you know these things it's not uncommon for um a, the white house to announce um some but big they, policy themed week and then not deliver (laughs) (laughs) but usually they have but the the thing with trump it's usually often just 
comes up in the stream of consciousness. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we'll have it in a couple weeks. Like if yeah. someone challenges him on healthcare, he goes on a rant and gets on it. Um, but uh, so now the next thing is will will build back better happen? And it seems like you know. I think Pelosi is part of the deal promised to vote by the 15th, yep. which is, what is that? Next is that, week. Is that Monday? Yeah. Monday? Or the um, week of the 15th, right? Or is it, or was it the actual 15th? Oh, it may be the week of the 15th. Yeah. Um, and that, that package is down to like what? 1.75 trillion, I think. One point somewhere I, around there. It's small. It's a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, and I know they're having, well, especially with the inflation announcement this week yeah. that it's up six percent year over year yep. that mansion has really pushed hard to say do we really need a lot of new spending right now yeah um you know so it'll be interesting to see if they uh will get this done because you know it was and what if they don't what it will do to the caucus i mean i personally don't think that I mean, they've already done in, in my administration, in my mind, more than I thought probably was possible because mm-hmm. of the way uh, everything is split. Yeah. But um, uh, I don't know. I, I I could see it not happening. I think they'll probably try to get something through just because they gave their word. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? No, I mean, I think if, you know, I mean, this was last week, but, you know, they got cinema on board finally with some of the tax and healthcare provisions. I think the same thing with, with Manchin. I mean, that's the key, really. They got to hold those two um, to keep things going forward. Um, so, I mean, I think their chances are better than, than they were a few weeks ago when Manchin and Cinema were saying hell no to everything. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, we won't know anything until they actually start discussing this thing next week. Well, and, finally, and aren't they, they're supposedly, they ask for the, some moderates ask for the bill to be, or the framework to even be scored by the CBO or something like which, that. Yeah. Which can't happen until like sometime in December. What's that? Oh, okay. I said, how can they score a bill that doesn't really exist at this oh, point? Oh, right, right. And that's why they were like, the CBO was like, yeah, we can't score this. It wouldn't be available until like sometime in December. And that's just not going to happen. They need to get this done now. Right. Um, so they might just do it and, you know, keep their fingers cr- crossed, I guess. That's crazy to me that like, I don't know, just the way we write legislation and well, we would know better than I would. What I don't, what I imagine they're doing is they're going off of old, they're taking each of these, you know, because some of these, most of the proposals in Build Back Better were, have been introduced along the line in the last several years. And a lot of those things have been scored. So I think you could probably get a, at least a ballpark, num, you know, estimate on what that score would be just based on putting, you know, packaging those um, particular proposals together and taking their scores. It's not, obviously not exact science and probably not entirely accurate, but at least it would give them a sense um, so that it wouldn't be too surprising. Like if they got something that totaled, you know, on paper past, you know, past um, proposals, 1.5 and then a trillion and it came back 1.8. I mean, they might have ballpark. That doesn't excuse moving forward without an actual CBO score, but that's what they might do, I assume. Um, But we'll see. It's going to be what they have to do if they want to get it done by next week. So, yeah. Well, stand by for that. Um, Good time. All right. Shall we talk about the elections last week? Let's talk about the elections. Um, New New Jersey and Virginia. 
All for lovers. So, not any breaking news at this point, but no. obviously Glenn Youngkin defeated um, the former governor, Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe, former um, DNC chair under the Clinton Former DNC Clinton. chair. Uh, Glenn Youngkin was a co-CEO of Carlisle Group or mm-hmm. co-founder. Yeah. He wasn't a co-founder, co-CEO. Co-CEO. So, um, is he a billionaire, I think? He must be if he... Uh, very wealthy. I mean, I mean, very wealthy. Very wealthy. Not a, not a politician, never served in elected office before. Yep. Ran um, that way. The um, Virginia Virginia GOP um, did, ran its a closed primary. What did they do? They did something where um, the supposed Trump in heels could not win the nomination in Virginia. Did you? Um, oh, cause they do, they basically do at the, um, at the convention. That's mm-hmm. when they choose their nominee. It's basically a straw poll. I mean, I, I, I'm not an expert but in the, politics, but it's basically like a straw poll and whoever wins, that's your nominee. But the GOP voters don't get to vote. No, no, it's done. Is it's that how it always is? That's how it always is. They do it at convention. So it's totally an inside job. It's by... inside on who the nominee is going to end up being. Okay. Yeah, usually. Well, and, in this case, it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I don't know what the final number was, but it was pretty, it was several percent, wasn't it? Uh, for by... young, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was several percentage points. I think he won by six points, four, okay. four to six points, something like that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it wasn't the... surprising coming down the stretch just because it felt like McCullough was, was making a lot of mistakes. All they had, all the Democrats had, was to try and tie Yunkin to Trump. And even though Trump had endorsed Yunkin, Trump never came to Virginia in person. He did hold apparently a virtual event that Yunkin didn't even participate in. Um, you know, which is smart. I mean, he he was smart. He didn't allow the Trump stuff to attach to him, and he reminded voters that all these all the Democrats have on me is is Trump, who isn't here. It's a boogeyman that they're trying to to throw in your face. So, um, you know, I think they didn't they didn't run a lot of issues. They ignored a lot of the things that were that are happening. That uh, you know, I'm sure Biden was, certainly was a drag on McAuliffe in terms of inflation and cost of living going up. Uh, he hadn't passed infrastructure at that. He point. hadn't passed infrastructure. Education has been is a very big issue in Virginia. Um, you know, in terms of you know school choice. You know, I think the CRT stuff has been. A, little blown out of proportion that you know that's what he was running on that i do not think that's what he was running on um i think he was running more on parental involvement in uh their children's education uh, which mcculloch has now famously said that parents shouldn't have a say in a child's education um which he actually did say that at an event um i believe it was like i don't think parents should be in deciding what is taught in our, in our schools or something like that. Something not that they sh- not that they shouldn't be involved in their. Oh, no, should be involved. It's what they sh- yeah. It, parents should yeah. not be. Parents should not uh, have a say in what's taught in schools, which yeah, yeah. can be taken either many, way. It was ways. a gaffe. Yeah, it was a gaffe. Um, yeah, I mean, I think does it give a blueprint for how the GOP can um, make, or was this just like a special situation? I think no. I think this is the blueprint. I don't think New Jersey is. I, I you know, New Jersey's kind of gotten lumped into this where the where the Republican has come film less Phil than Murphy. One, yeah, uh, came one lost. less than one percentage point from from unseating the the pretty popular governor uh, Murphy. 
Um, and now there's also, there's a, I don't know if there's a recount going on. I know that the Republican, I can't, I can't pronounce his name. He's got a very Italian last name. Yeah. Um, it's uh, he's calling, he's, he will not concede, but he's, and he's getting grief, grief for that, but he's also not conceding because apparently there's a ton of mail-in ballots that were postmarked the day of the election that have not been counted. So he's taken that route, like make sure all votes are counted kind of route. Um, I'm sure he will concede if he actually lost. I don't think this is a, this isn't a, uh, another chapter of, you know, stop the steal. Um, that I think it has been interesting how there have been no calls for, um, you know, stolen elections here when the Republicans did pretty well from the, from the traditional peanut get Republican stolen election crowd during all this. It's when they win, it's, it's the elections are fine. It's well, weird. and well, and conversely, like the Democrats, you know, I've read a bunch of pieces already talking about how, you know, the, the GOP candidate in New Jersey won't concede and that it's that is part of the stop the steal to which I say we're, we're, we're so, we're so good that. at stealing. We're so good at stealing elections in Virginia, but we're not good at it in in New Jersey. So I think it goes I think it cuts both ways. But where where have you seen that? I haven't seen anybody say say that he's um that calling him like part of stop the steal oh it's been like on it's been like the cable news talking heads oh okay yeah and like the, the some some pieces that have been written up on like uh msnbc.com and fox news talking about you know see he won't concede because he wants to steal the election kind of thing mm. Mm. talking about new jersey mm. um well regardless but, I, but your point i i certainly do agree with um <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just, I mean... But Virginia's also not a red state. It's not a blue state either. I mean, it's more blue than it's been in years, but it's it's. I think it's squarely a purple state. And, you know, the 10% of voters that, chose, that went for Biden over Trump, they went for Yunkin for the most part. And what does that mean? And There was, yeah, I think um, it wasn't quite, you know like Arlington County, but it may have been like Fairfax County or yeah. Loudoun County yep. where it went for in last year, it went like, you know, 58, four, 50 for Biden. And this mm-hmm. year it went like, you know, like basically flipped like, yep. you know, 60, 48, not 60, 48, that that's not possible. Um, you know, 60 to 38, uh, Yunkin. Um, yep. so, um, yeah, I I think it's it's interesting because uh you know it 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 points to me that um they're able the voters are able to you know separate the the state level uh GOP and its purposes from the national mm-hmm. or that or they don't care about the performance of the national GOP um and how they have behaved over the last year with regards to the election and, and sort of the January 6th whitewashing that's gone on by some of them. And, um, but you know, really all politics are local. So maybe they're just, you know, when it gets down to things like school boards and, um, teaching or, you know, school curriculums and, um, taxes, they're going to, they're going to vote for the, what they hear best from or what they like best from the candidates that are on the, the ballot. Um, I, I don't know. Do you think you can, I, I kind of feel like Virginia is a bit of a, um, anomaly because a lot of these, 
lot of these other races for Senate and like Ohio and Missouri, um, where it's an open primary and Trump has weighed in, you're going to get some crazier candidates that could, uh, you know, give the Democrats a better chance than they might otherwise expect in a sort of more normal, normal uh midterms. Well, and I think, I, I, yeah, I think it could be, at least from a Senate perspective, I don't know so much about the House, but from a Senate perspective, I don't think Virginia is going to be very indicative of what it's going to look like in 2022 for the Senate races, at least for the GOP. And that, because a lot of that comes down to recruitment, kind of like what you were saying, and I, they were dealt a pretty big blow with Governor Sununu and New Hampshire declining to run for Senate. And now he's going to run for a fourth term for governor instead. Um, you know, and then there's issues with some of the candidates that um, that are out there. And you mentioned Missouri, you know, former Governor Eric Greitens, who stepped down because um, of a sex scandal where he took uh, pictures of his mistress who was tied up and blindfolded and told her if she said anything about their affair, he would release the pictures. Um, was that wrong? <laughs> Well, apparently not, because you can still run for Senate and, yeah. poll, and poll really well, I might add. Is he the favorite um, at the moment? Um, I think he actually is. Um, I haven't seen new polling data on him, and I just find it disgusting it, that this guy is is going to make a comeback. And this only happened a couple years ago. Yeah, right. I, I mean, remember. He resigned in disgrace yeah. only like three years ago, two, three years yeah. ago. It was during the Trump Trump administration. Yeah, yeah. and it's and I know that um, uh, one of the other Senate candidates, I can't remember if it's for Pennsylvania or if it's for yeah or, Parnell. Parnell, yeah, who's got a, a very ugly custody battle happening right now with his wife and allegations of him hitting her, her and the kids, mm-hmm. which he is denied. Um, and he's, I believe he was supposed to be in court either this week or next week to kind of with the judge. But And, and then you've got Ohio with uh, Josh Mandel and J.D. Vance yeah. trying to sort of cozy up to Trump the most. Yep. And J.D. Vance oh. has been way he's been he's amped up his Twitter game. He's been commenting on every like hot button issue um, that would motive any issue that would motivate um, a Republican voter. Um, just you know, basically <laughs> piling on to to things. Um, I, I hear he's I, I hear he's he's kind of flailing at the moment, and that it seems like it's Josh Mandel's to lose. But that's an example of yeah. you know you could what was that Port Portman seat? No. Whose yeah. seat was it? Yeah, Portman seat. Portman seat yeah. Where if they nominate someone who Josh Mandel, who has indi- has engaged in kind of Paul Gosar type um, commentary at at, at times, yeah. um, if they nominate someone like that, they could potentially because I I don't know who's right. Is, is Tim Ryan running um, for it? The seat? Uh, is it the yes, Democrat. I think it is Tim Ryan. They they could lose they could lose that seat to a Democrat. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I think if you had to handicap it, the, the Democrats probably have a better chance of taking the Senate than they do at at the house at this point. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Do you, what, I mean, is that your read on things or I think it's, I think the Senate's going to be tight. Um, I, I I think that, I think the Republicans could very well take the house back. I don't, the Senate's just gotten really tight because I think there's issues, with a lot of the Senate candidates, I mean, you know, in Georgia alone, I think Herschel Walker. I mean, right. I wish, I wish he were a better candidate. I just don't know how he's going to be. I mean, he's um, going and, who knows? Maybe he's gonna, maybe he's going to pull it together and he's going to run a great campaign. I, I have no idea, but 
Or maybe he'll come out as some other person and be like, "Hey, I'm." Oh, I'm sorry. He does is that, have is that, he, he does is that have multiple. He does have multiple personality disorder. So I'm not Herschel Walker. I'm Rick. Rick Ted, former. <laughs> I'm Rick James. <laughs> Just a um, good old Georgia boy. Yeah, we'll um, see. If, I don't know. Good. I wish uh, at the end of the day, I really wish. Um, uh, uh, Chris Carr was running for that Senate seat. He's the current Attorney General. Um, former chief of staff to Johnny Isaacson. Um, he's, he's a good dude. Chris is a good dude. He's, um, he's gotten a lot of praise for the way that he handled the, um, the Ahmad Arbery uh, case before it went to trial and mm. all the issues with the prosecutor down there. And um, so I, you know, I wish he were question, doing it, but question for you, hmm. the, the Virginia or the elections last week. Um, was it a, good night for Trump and Trumpism? And do you think Trump is the odds, if you were a betting man, is he the favorite to be the next president at this point? I don't think it was necessarily a win for Trump and Trumpism. Um, I, I, I just don't. Mostly because I don't think that election had anything to do with him, and I think Yunkin took great pains, as well as the other, you know, the the lieutenant governor's race and the attorney general's race, which were swept by Republicans as well. I mean, they took great pains to keep Trump out of there and not, not even and Trump Jr. too, and not saying anything. That said, I still think Trump is probably the odds-on favorite to win in 2024 if he were to run now, and that's only because. Biden has looked incredibly, incredibly weak over the last, especially the last three months, going back to, well, Afghanistan, six months on, well, at least five months to talk about how he couldn't get infrastructure and infrastructure bill done when it was basically baked and ready to go. Afghanistan happened. And then all these negotiations with build back better and the infrastructure bill, and now with all now finally admitting in, in the last week about inflation actually being a problem and not entirely sure what to do about it. Um, and- I will say, I, I don't think I think it's unfair to pin inflation all on the I, Biden administration. I, I agree. Doesn't I, mean he, he shouldn't have a response for it. But well, I, you, know, I, the, the, you uh, can't pin most economic issues right, on any administration because yes. a president has very little to do with what the price of gas is. I agree. Um, they have very little to do with whether or not the dollar is performing well against the euro. I mean, it just that's not what that's not the function of the president. But unfortunately, that's who it gets pinned on at all times. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now and then on top of that, even if let's say even if uh, Biden decided, OK, I'm stepping aside and come on, you know, Vice President Harris, you're going to be the you're going to be the person in 2024. That's not, yeah, she's that's not viable. That's not viable either. Because she, like you said, she's not. She's polling terribly. She's been given the shit hot button issues that nobody can win on to try and cover, you know, for the administration, including border security and immigration, mm-hmm. which she is not doing anything about. I mean, and I don't know if that's because it's just, a, you know, uh, it's a function of her position or not being given enough attention. I, I don't know. Or but, as we've uh, talked about, it's something that legislation really needs to solve. But, exactly. Um, yeah. So what can she do? I don't know. Um, so well, I think I think by default, if Trump runs, then he's the he's the odds-on favorite. But I mean, if DeSantis gets in there, I mean, there are people who can who can challenge him for the nomination, and 
they can credibly say that Donald Trump's time has come and gone, and now we need to move forward. And they can probably plausibly uh, claim, like, we need to move forward in his image, so I'm going to take the mantle now. And that's how you get, like, a Ron DeSantis, who a lot of Republicans, even never Trump Republicans, can be comfortable with because he is actually a policy, understands policy, understands governing, and, you know, he's done it before. He's a governor of a big state, and he was in Congress. He knows how that all works, whereas Trump just kind of, you know, dropped a bomb everywhere he went and ran in the other direction i i would like to make two points real quickly but the first is there's a there's a new documentary coming out on on mayor pete um i heard about i don't know if you um which could be some sort of like test run on you know how he polls and maybe he's Mm. the next maybe he's the next nominee for the for the democratic uh presidency um but in, it's back to someone like DeSantis or um, even like Chris Christie, who I guess is trying to make a push to be relevant again. Um, uh, in a way, and as 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 much as I've disagreed with some of the way DeSantis has handled Florida from a na- at least from a national level, um, and I don't know that he would be great, but in a way, I'm almost wondering if someone like him getting elected could break the fever a bit of of some of the crazy contingent within the GOP and return a little bit of normalcy to having a normal uh, politician who, as you said, understands policy, is educated, um, is actually probably really there to do what's best for his constituents as opposed to Trump who was there to do what was best for him. That in a way, even if I consider it a, a potentially, uh, you know, not as good as a, a second Biden administration or something. um, But as a step back, but in the long run, it's a, it's a move forward because we're getting past Trump. Like Trump would be done if that happened. And that could be seen as, um, really a step putting a step in the right direction going back towards you know having an america that trusts its elections and and kind of move past the crazy uh just a real quick example of looking back you know i didn't vote for romney over obama in 2012 but i do wonder if romney had somehow won in 2012 if we would have never had trump as a result and the country might be in a better place uh, 10 years down the road mm-hmm. with regards to just some of the basic tenets of, you know, respecting each other's parties. And cause you know, Romney would have obviously been a very civil and uh, normal president. And um, it's kind of that t- same type thing where it was like, you know, looking long-term, maybe it would be better if someone like DeSantis or someone did win the next election, just anyone, but Trump basically yeah. ABT. Yeah, I mean, I I do I I enjoy that exercise of looking back on like what hap- what would happen in if we had elected somebody like Romney in twelve. But I I think the divisions would still be there. I just don't think um, I just don't I think Trump just brought it on a lot faster. They were all there under the surface, and just watching that coverage of I mentioned this before we before we started the show, 
the coverage on MSNBC of Joy Reid, Rachel Maddow, oh, yeah. and Nicole Wallace, who basically all they said was the only reason why Glenn Youngkin won is because Virginia voters are white supremacists and it's all racism and that's why. Um, and then, so there's there are pundits out there that just all they want to say, they want to make the only excuse as to why any Republican who wins anywhere is because they tapped into some some, you know, they tapped into some racist uh, rhetoric that resonated with white voters, and that's what got them out to the polls, and that's why they won. Um, that's not why Glenn Youngkin won, and it makes no sense to say that, and I know I'm going to get this good segue into the other thing that I brought up earlier, but electing a black Republican lieutenant governor who's also an immigrant, and then a Hispanic uh, attorney general, also a Republican in Virginia. But then again, then you get people like uh, like I told you before this five thirty eight um, article. Let me find it again. Uh, here it is. That was written by a professor from Stanford and a professor from UC Irvine, entitled "Why White Voters with Racist Views Often Still Support Black Republicans." Like this kind of this kind of shit is got to stop. You can't having it both ways you're damned if you do damned with your don't only solidifies the 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 trumpies out there as to why that's why we need a fighter because these people are never going to stop they're always going to scream racism so we might as well have an actual racist or an actual you know extremist as our president which is kind of how we got trump in the first place you know if you can't look deeper into the issues and try and make it so simple by saying it's all racism, then you're not doing your job. And I expect that of three hacks on MSNBC. I also expect that coming on the opposite side, coming from the hacks on OAN and even Fox news. But that's why it needs to stop because that's how you get the extremes of each party getting the loudest voice and then taking us to places this country doesn't want to go in the first place. People need to listen to our podcast. I agree. That's what they yeah, they need to put this on MSNBC or <laughs> we'll start our own network. Yeah. Um, no, I I mean it's talk about like oversimplification is you know they they look for the simplest thread that runs through across you know an election and try to extrapolate it and and I think people are tired of being told they're, they're racist. And I think on the other side, people would say, well, you know, we're tired of being discriminated against. Um, but, uh, it, 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 in the end it's, it's, there's much more to it than that. And I think if you went out and talked to a lot of the people who flipped, who were Biden voters last year and voted for Yunkin, you'd find that, um, they're not racist people. They just were concerned about local issues. Um, and then, I mean, this, those, those MSNBC shows are, are, are as valuable as you said, as, as Tucker Carlson's show. So it's, I mean, it's like, I, when I hear them say that, like, I guess a lot of people watch them. That's why it's, 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 it resonates, but like, for people, I don't. I, for people who I think are serious, it's not an actual uh, uh, um, source of record. I'll say. <laughs> well, I, I also have a hard time believing too. Like you know, you said that you know the people who are saying I'm not racist, and then the people who are saying, "Well, stop discriminating against us." 
point out the discrimination because a lot of these issues where systemic racism has been a problem in our society have been bipartisan issues talking about like criminal justice reform for one thing economic empower or i'm sorry uh, um uh, economic empowerment zones, which Tim Scott has been a big fan of to try and try and help out uh, poor and underserved communities or economically challenged communities. I mean, these are issues that are trying to be dealt with in a very real way. So just to sit back and uh, people need public policy. There's always winners and losers. It's trying to minimize who those, who the, the goal is to minimize who the losers are. And, you can't just claim everything, every public policy is racist or not racist. It's got to be judged on merits of who of who and what it's actually helping. But for some reason, because I remember being on the Hill and working as a staffer and back in 2007 or 8 when we were trying to look at block granting Medicaid so that states would be able to decide better on how to spend their Medicaid money. My boss and I on phone calls from constituents were called racist. For what? Because we were trying to pass public policy? Like, that's not being racist. Well, um, and just to uh, further your point and something I highlighted to you this week, the New York Times did a great piece mm. on um, liberal liberals not living up to their stated ideals and their... Uh, policy, stated policy preferences, um, such as with regards to housing, taxation, and um, what's education. schooling? Education yeah. was the last education one. Education funding. Um, in states that are controlled by basically a veto-proof Democratic leader, mm-hmm. um, that the stated policies often, while supported vocally when it comes time to pass legislation is often voted down because they are not willing to, um, I guess, either take the risk or suffer the consequences of what that policy might bring. So there is a bit of, of, uh, you know, when Nicole Wallace goes on MSNBC and claims something about uh, racism, you know, is she also, I know she's technically used to be a Republican, um, but is she out there also advocating for these, um, you know, things like giving your, uh, school, your school, your child's schools money to the underserved in your neighbor, your other underserved schools in your neighborhood or your district, which was, um, something that, uh, a lot of democratic uh, residencies do not actually do, even though they, it's sort of a stated goal at the national level. So, um, you know, put your money where your mouth is Democrats. Uh, the one thing I will say about that is that the New York times essentially said the policies are good. They're just not actually implementing them. Yeah. They're not doing Um, it. Which, yeah. Which, I mean, I actually do think the thing in California with regards to the the single family uh, dwelling rules. I think that does totally make sense, and that that's one reason that housing is out of control in California. Yeah. And people, and I think they just struck that down where you can now build multi residential units um, in certain areas that will hopefully help abate that problem. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, so it, it's 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 not only um actually just practice what you preach is essentially right. the message I'm trying to say. You should yeah, tweet tweet a link out to that from our account uh to that thing cuz I, I I did post it okay. earlier this week. It, it's it it's pretty there. awesome for that if anybody's listening to go check that thing out because um you know this reporter basically goes through the 2020 Democratic National Party platform document and basically says, yeah, you say this, this, and this, but you haven't done any of this <laughs> anywhere, mm-hmm. or at least seeing the meaningful. The taxation one I thought was interesting, and they focused on Washington State, which obviously is top to bottom Democratic run, or at least it is right now, and um, that it has the most regressive state income tax laws of any state. Um, and Texas has more progressive yeah. uh, taxation than Washington. They um, did. They were, yeah. and then they they focused on Illinois too, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But as far as taxation goes, at least like J.B. Prisker has been trying to, you know, from a Democratic standpoint, he's trying to address that with the uh, the progressive income tax, state income tax, but that failed obviously uh, on the ballot um, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure he'll take another run at that if he wins a second term as governor, but. Um, uh, you know, I, vo- I, voted, gonna... I voted for that. I assume you voted against that. Uh, I I voted against it only because it was not tied to any type of meaningful pension reform because that's actually mm-hmm. what is destroying the Gonna state. Going to make a difference. Um, you can you can bring in as much freaking revenue as you want if you don't deal with the pension issue. Then it's it's for nothing. So All right. that's that was my well, that was why I voted against it. Everyone's got their reasons. Everybody's got their reasons. Um, that was a really cool. I thought that was actually very, and it was. Uh, I liked that it was a video, so they had visuals and all that stuff. That was mm-hmm, kind of, that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it was done by that. the Times, the the liberal water carrying Times. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yep. all right. Well, we'll see where all this goes. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think. I guess we'll probably be getting primaries coming up and then we'll probably have a clear indication in about six six months or so where everything's headed uh, yeah well the interesting change the i think what's really interesting about the primary season coming up or at least the midterms coming up is that a lot of states still have not finished uh their maps Mm, Um, that's right congressional maps most of those, I think, most of those are done. I know Illinois got Illinois got theirs finished in the last couple of weeks, but they still haven't. Illinois hasn't done their um, their state maps yet. Um, so mostly because census data took so long to come in, a lot of these states haven't had a chance. Like Michigan is a mess; they haven't done any of their maps. A mm. lot of them are still having to go through legal challenges uh, and get up to the state supreme courts. Um, so states are actually moving. Illinois moved their primary from March until June now. Uh, because the census data came in so late. Um, And what's interesting, too, is I think a lot of legislatures are actually going to um, uh, cut their time in session so that they can then go campaign because it cuts into their campaigning and all that stuff. So, um, uh, But, you know, it's not unique to Illinois and or Michigan. It's it's a lot of states are actually going through the same thing. Um, So next year is going to be pretty interesting, I think, actually. So. We'll have lots yeah. to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to. I think that's going to be pretty neat. Um, are you into anything? Uh, I'm into, yeah, I'm, in, I'm back into Yellowstone, which premiered uh, this mm. past weekend to over 8 million is this viewers. A, is this the first repeat into what you're into it nominee? It is because okay. it's that good. Um, it really is that good. Uh, I'm super excited for this season. Um, the The premiere episode was actually two how many episodes. seasons is this? 
This is season four. Oh wow! Um, okay. And it's it's such a good show and so good that it got over eight million viewers, uh, which is like blows everybody out of the water these days, in the age of streaming and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Kevin Costner is back. Kevin Costner is back. He got his ass shot up in the at the season finale of season three, and he uh, survived. So did oh, the, imagine that. So the entire family. It's like um, Cowboy Dallas. I know, but it's so good. Isn't man. Have, do you watch it? I started watching the first episode um, when I was actually last year when I was when we were staying with my parents, but I have I never made it through it. You got to you got to get um, into it, man. It's so good. Uh, and, and I'm I also can... I'm also into the Braves being world champions. Yeah. So this feels different. I t- my my brother in law was asking me if this if you know if this feels different from '95, and I said yes, only because when we won it in '95, it was like fuck, it's about time because we right. been there. that was You'd the third w- World Series in four or five years or in four years, and it was like finally we won it. And uh, this time it's we weren't supposed to <laughs> at all. Being you know a sub five hundred team basically the entire season until the first week of August, right? Um, and then with a few good you know moves at the trade deadline, I, I mean with Acuna Acuna going out, Acuna going down, Stroker going yeah. out, we lost you know great pitching, we lost defense and and our big bats. Um, you know I think now the key is th- I mean they actually do have the makings of a champ you know another run at um, you know well they've already won the East four years in a row now but. Um, better run, I think, more deeper run in terms of the NLCS and maybe even another World Series. If they re-sign Freddie Freeman, if they figure out what they want to do with Eddie Rosario, um, you know, they've already locked in Albies and Acuna to long-term contract mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. But Freddie's a free agent, and that's kind of the big, you know, what are we going to do there? Um, Jorge Soler, even though he was a trade, you know, they might try and keep him, but he's a free agent. Um, Jacques Peterson is a free agent. I don't think they're going to try and keep him, but um, they they really do have the makings of another dynasty if they can if they make the right moves in the off season. So, what about you? Very very happy for you. Thank you. Um, I'm not into much. Uh, I am into Trader Joe's Christmas offerings. Is that already um, out? Are they already out? Oh yeah. What, what oh, like yeah. what? Give me some examples. Um, I was eating some peppermint covered pretzels earlier oh yeah um they were delicious uh they have some delicious candies that are like mm. kind of like um swedish fish but they're um like a, a, a you know a christmasy um type mm-hmm. but they have all i was there this week shopping and they have all the good stuff so um i, I loaded up it, it does feel like christmas has come a little earlier this year i've already seen some trees up in people's houses and i'm like what, what are you doing yeah um but didn't stop me from enjoying some of the delicious uh delicious things from trader joe's so that's what i'm into have you ever had trader joe's um orange chicken in the frozen foods i don't i don't think so you should Is get it delicious it. it's oh my god it's amazing it's amazing. You can, uh, you, can it, you just cook you just cook it in a skillet. You can cook or, it in a skillet with some oil, or you can just bake it on a sheet pan uh, okay. in the oven. I usually do it in a skillet with some with some like vegetable oil just to crisp it up. Okay, and then you okay. di- then you melt the uh, or you put the the orange sauce in a pot so yeah. it melts down. Then you just drizzle uh-huh. it over. Does it come with rice, or do you have to make your own own rice? Uh, you have to make your own, but oh, okay. um, the way that Trader Joe's has their um, their freezer set up, the jasmine rice is right next to it. So just grab, yeah, grab yeah. a pack of that, throw it in the microwave yeah. for three and a half minutes, and you're. I'm a big fan of their Indian Indian food. 
Their Indian food's really good. I'm not a big Indian mm-hmm. food fan, but their food, but their Indian food's quite mm-hmm. good. Yeah, uh, my kids love anyway, their uh, turkey corn dogs. So, uh, Trader Joe's, if you would like to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> we're 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 big fans. We love so, you. Yes. All right. All right. Well, we'll that be it? back again in three weeks. <laughs> we're gonna try and we'll try and do it again next week. Uh, especially if, uh, yeah. especially if BBB uh, makes a move there you or go. dies on the vine. But anyway, before, before Thanksgiving, hopefully. Yeah. Well, follow us on Twitter at Bros Politics. Listen to us where you get your podcasts, especially if it's Spotify, Apple, and uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go to a casino. Let's do it.